You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, June the 16th. And we come off another disappointing Phillies loss out west. Another disappointing road loss. The Phillies now 11-21 and 21 on the road this season. Almost hard to believe. And, and look, uh, an incredibly frustrating night in L.A. last night. As the Phillies were in it. In it. Mookie Betts home run. A Mookie Betts single. And it's over. Um, you know, they fought. They were in it. Suffered some injuries during the game. And ended up losing the game. And uh, it was just... You know, it's exactly what we talked about. We get excited with this team. They win four straight, seven of nine, the three straight walk-offs. But they do it at home. And then they go on the road, and they disappoint. And look, they've played the Dodgers somewhat tough. I mean, they've been in these games. The inability for this team to capitalize with runners on base is becoming a, a... Major issue for this team on the road, as we're seeing, you know, back-to-back nights against the Dodgers of leaving 10 and 9 base runners on base. I mean, that's that's how you lose games. It's how you lose games, and particularly how you lose games against better teams. Better teams convert. Better teams convert in these spots, and the Phillies are not playing like a better team, especially on the road. I mean, they're 11 and 21 on the road. They're five games back of the Mets right now. Mets win again. Five games back. You look at that road record. Even if they're 500 on the road, even if they're slightly under 500 on the road, they're like a game back. They're in it, you know? It's been incredibly frustrating watching this team and their approach on the road and their inability to get anything going consistently on the road. is um, It's killing this team. It's killing this team. And it's sucking all the potential out of it. Again, you know, at home you you get excited about the team, then they go on the road, and it's like, okay, back to who we thought they were. And and again, last night some injuries as well. Segura, Harp, we'll get into it. But but last night was a bad night for the Phillies. Last night was a bad night for the Phillies. And it makes you concerned about moving forward. Again, this team, as soon as they get your hopes up, they're very quick to slap them back down. Now, look, if they can find a way to win tonight, Wheeler against Kershaw, if Wheeler can do Zach Wheeler things, and they can find a way to win one or two miracle of miracles against San Francisco. Maybe we're having a different conversation after the weekend. But right now it's it's frustrating because, again, this team gets hot and then goes out to play a good team and, and just gets beat. Gets beat. And and it's not like they're getting their butts whooped, as we've talked about. You know, they were in both of these games. They had real chances to win both of these games, but the better team converted. And the worst team didn't. And that's why the Phillies have lost both games. And it's incredibly frustrating. It's 
frustrating team when they leave this city. And it's what ultimately is holding them back. You know, until they learn to win games on the road, they don't have a chance. Like, they don't have a chance. And it's exactly what we talked about last week, end of this week, or beginning of this week when we're getting, you know, end of the weekend when we're getting excited about this team and and a little run they're on and the one game, you know, three games back and one game over 500 and there's energy and an infectiousness to this team and let's go. It's starting to feel like something. And then they go on the road. And that's what we said. Until they do it on the road, it's impossible to believe in this team. And and they're showing you why. They're showing you why that on the road they can't convert and they can't lock down games. And it's super frustrating. It's frustrating. And now you add in the injuries last night and it's it sucks a lot of the fun and the excitement out of what we were feeling before, right? You know, to just go and lose these two in a row. And again, they can they could start to get you back by winning tonight if injuries aren't too serious and guys come back and blah, 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 you know? But, I mean, look, they're five games back in the Mets right now. That is the biggest division lead in baseball. There's no other division in the sport that has a first-place team out in front by as much. That's not ideal. That is not ideal. The next best is the White Sox have a four and a half game lead over the Indians in the AL Central, but the Indians are 36 and 28. <laughs> 36 and 28, AKA they would be a half game back in the Mets or tied with the Mets for first, depending on how that works out. I guess a half game back. Um, and they're four and a half back of the, the White Sox. So thank goodness we're not in the AL Central. I guess is the takeaway there. But, yeah, sitting at 32 and 33 now, you're game back of the Mets, a game and a half up on the Braves and, and the Nats and, and Marlins still back. But the Mets five-game division lead, the biggest in baseball. The you know Central tied at the top, Brewers and Cubs. Even then, the Reds are three back and the Cardinals are four back, so – there are four teams in the NL Central that are closer together than the Mets are with anyone else in their division. And in the West, you know, the Giants are a game up on the Dodgers. And then even then, the Padres are five back of the Giants and four back of the Dodgers. So they're as far back as uh, as the Phillies are, and they're 38 and 31. So the Phillies are lucky to be in the division they're in um, in terms of being able to stay out in front. It is the worst record of a division leader. Um, I guess tied with the Cubs-Brewers record, except for the fact that you know, Cubs-Brewers have played more games. So we'll see. But easily the best record, the mo- least wins by far of any division uh, leader in the Mets. And yet they have a five-game lead, yet it's the biggest lead in, in the sport right now. And that's a killer. Especially because when you want to make up the games against the Mets next week, they're in New York. <laughs> On the road. Yay! Road games, Phillies. So it it's a frustrating moment right now, and and it's an important moment for this Phillies team to find a way to get this thing back on track, and to do it on the road. Because until they do it on the road, it's it's not going to matter. Um. All right, let's get into last night's game, and then we will definitely get to um more on the foreign substances ban. As yesterday, you know, we talked about on yesterday's show that. The official word was coming from Major League Baseball and and all that, and, and it did. The memo came. The the um, guidelines were set. And, oh, boy, was there a reaction from the players in Major League Baseball, former players from Major League Baseball, the whole thing. And it was 
a fascinating day in the baseball world yesterday. So we'll get to that. Let's talk about another loss last night. The Phillies fall 5-3 to three in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, fought. They were in it. You know, it felt like it. Um, go down one nothing in the first. McCutcheon homers. First homer for the team since Luke Williams' walk-off as they have been, again, small-balling it up. McCutcheon homer. Uh, McCutcheon's been pretty good since the start of May. Over 900 OPS. This is 11th homer on the season. That's second on the team. Uh, so, you know, he's been better. Uh, made it 1-1 in the second. Then the Phillies uh, drop a couple in the fourth as Eflin gives up a couple runs. It's 3-1 to now. But then in the fifth, the Phillies bounce back and tie it. Odubo Herrera, RBI single, and then an error scores a run, uh, and the Phillies all of a sudden, it's 3-3. Three to three. It's like, boom, let's go. As uh, really two runs scored on the error. If you were, like, you know, it was a single, but then it really felt like the, the run scored because of the error. But they get two, and we'll take it, right? I mean, how many runs have we given up because of errors? Far too many. You know, we'll take what we can get there. So they get that runs back, and you're feeling pretty good. It's like, okay, and, and you know, Coonrod comes in, gets a couple outs, and then Ranger. Got to feel good with Ranger on the hill, and then, oh, Ranger! Ranger gives up a home run to Mookie Betts, a solo shot to make it 4-3. to three. Betts would add a RBI single in the eighth to make it 5-3, to three, and that was all she wrote. Uh, as Archie Bradley would give up a run as well. Ranger and Archie have been the two best relievers lately, weren't last night, as they end up giving the game away. Um, And it's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating spot for this team right now as, again, you know, coming off a a fun run, the best run they've had this season, the the most enthusiasm we've seen about the Phils, and and then, you know, you just can't get it done last night. Zach Gafflin was mediocre. You know, five innings, three runs, two strikeouts, seven hits, only threw 73 pitches. Not great. Certainly not enough from Zach Gafflin. Just not enough. It just wasn't. It wasn't close to enough. A a a not good enough outing from Zach Eflin. And then offensively, yet again, they don't convert. Only six hits all game. And they left uh, nine runners on base. Again, so ten runners and nine runners. Back-to-back games on base. And that's going to crush you. You know, that's what this team keeps doing. They're not converting. And that's been a, a season-long issue, and particularly on the road. But the inability to bring runners home has been a, a theme. It's been something we've dealt with, and that's... That's concerning. Good teams find ways to score those runs more often than not, and the Phillies have not been doing that. And then the biggest thing from last night, two massive injuries for the Phillies, not in terms of, of how long they'll be out, but in terms of the importance of the team. A Bryce Harper in the fourth inning swinging clearly did something to the back, uh, had to leave the game. Obviously not ideal, Harper, even after coming back from the IL, has just not looked fully healthy. It's obvious. I mean, the way he's swinging, he's... Done a nice job of of putting the ball in play, getting some singles here and there, and, and driving in some runs and stuff. But as as only as one homer since coming back from the IL has not been driving the ball, not been raising the ball. Um, and last night, you know, you could see the pain again and had to leave the game in the fourth, according to Joe Girardi's day to day. So I suppose that's good. Um, you never know with day to day, but it does seem like of the two injuries, that is the less serious. But in a macro sense, I mean, it, you know, Harper's Harper's beat up right now. I don't think there's any question about that. Like, the guy is going through it physically, and it's an impact on his performance on the team. And without a full, you know, without the Bryce Harper we saw to start the season, that locked-in guy who's an MVP candidate, who's a top-ten player in baseball type of guy, you know, this team, 
it needs that guy. It needs that guy because while it has some some nice players and some good hitters, and obviously JT is an all star player and all that. I mean, Harper's that only bat in the lineup that that is truly frightening when he's locked in. You know, he's the only one that teams have to game plan around. That teams have to say, "Oh man, uh, what do we do about this guy?" You know, we gotta we gotta figure out what to do about this guy. And uh, you know, an injured Bryce Harper isn't helping, and it's a shame. And you know, it's not his fault. He's getting hurt. You know, obviously the violent swing is a part of it, but um, it's frustrating and it's concerning for for what his season's going to be and what he can be when he gets back. And can he kind of get healthy? And it's also look, it's concerning for the long term. I mean, oh, you know, look, he's twenty eight years old. And he's here for the next 11 years, you know, or at least, you know, the contract's the next 11 years, and it's it's a lot of money. We know that. Um, and I I think it was the right move. I have no issues with the contract itself, all that. But, you know, you see Harper the last few years and the, the violent swings and the um, nicks and knacks from the way he plays the game, the effort player that he is, the type of injuries that he comes down with. You know, it's absolutely concerning about his long-term viability, right? I mean, you have to look at him and say, you know, how's he going to age? How's this guy going to look when he's 33, 34? I mean, we're seeing what Andrew McCutcheon looks like right now when he's 34. And he's been much better the last month and a half, but it's still not the same guy he used to be. And, and you know, he's someone who you didn't have the same, you know, day-to-day injury issues about it at that age, at 28. So... It's a concern. You know, the Harper situation is a concern right now. You really need to see him come back and lock in and be the Bryce Harper we know he can be and and we need him to be desperately. Um, So that's a concern, and we'll we'll see how the the injury plays out. Definitely concerning, though, with Harper in the short term and the long term, obviously. And um, right now you hope you can just get him back in the lineup and he can get locked in, and and they're going to need that. This team, if they're going to go anywhere, has to have a, a real a real Bryce Harper leading them. And then in the ninth, Segura, groin injury, and that is the one that's uh, more worrisome in the here and now, obviously, the, the long-term issues. And in terms of long-term, it doesn't seem, you know, this injury for Harper particularly isn't one, but, you know, just the general idea of Harper and long-term injuries or, or his body aging or whatever. But with Segura, uh, it seems like the groin injury is more serious. Uh, Girardi didn't say it was definitely an IL stint or anything, but the way he talked about it, I wouldn't be shocked. If Segura's put on the IL, we all remember he had the IL issue with the groin earlier this season or the hamstring, whatever it was, not ideal. You know, another soft tissue injury in there. Um, Segura's been the best hitter on this team, flat out. We all know it. I mean, batting from the high 330s. Um, that's a bummer. And uh, if, you know, one guy this offense couldn't afford to lose right now from a locked-in spark perspective, it's him. And who knows how long he's going to be out for. Um, it's concern, you know, and then when you look at the rest of the offense again, we had just gotten excited about having guys back, just gotten excited about how Segura's doing in the top of the lineup, and you still have Reese Hoskins hitless again last night. He walked, I guess that's good, but over his last 33 still. I mean, Hoskins is just a mess right now. I don't know how you don't sit that guy down for a game or two. Like, let him get his head right. Let him figure it out. I mean, he is an absolute detriment to the team right now. Give him a day or two off, but now it gets harder to do that when you get guys hurt. That's the problem, and that's why the thinness of the roster, uh, the lack of roster depth, the rallying cry we've talked about all season is coming back to haunt them again, and uh, they're going to have to navigate their way through this. And Again, this is a 
Such an incredibly important stretch of baseball for this team now is, you know, the, the rest of this West Coast trip, but then they come home, they have the Nationals, and then they go to New York. Four in New York against the Mets next week. I mean, that's huge. That's the biggest series of the season to date. And then they go to Cincinnati for one, and then it's three at home to Miami, and then it's three at home against San Diego, and then four in Chicago, three in Boston to round out the first half. I mean, there are no breaks. The Marlins, that's it. You look at this schedule moving forward. So you got the Giants, who we know have one of the best records in baseball, then the Reds, who are three games above 500 for one, then the Marlins, that's it. Three with the Marlins at home. That's the only, And they're the Marlins, so they don't even count as a bad team against the Phillies, but the Marlins, the only team under 500 they have in the rest of the first half. Padres, seven over. Cubs tied for first place in the division. Boston's been awesome. I mean, it's a brutal stretch here. Heading into the All-Star break where if the Phillies can't keep their head above water during this stretch, I mean, it could all fall apart. I mean, especially with this four-game series against the Mets, you're already five back. And, you know, obviously some games in between here, but it's not like they're against easy teams. Uh, you have the two against the Nationals, too, which are against you know an easier team, but um, still division. Um, so it's, it's a bad spot right now for the Phillies. And this is uh, make or break time. For this team, they're gonna have to power through these injuries. They're gonna have to power through this rest of this West Coast trip, and they're gonna have to find a way to win some games. And they're gonna have to find a way to win games on the road. Again, of that stretch, four in New York, then they've got four in Boston and three in Chicago to end out this. Excuse me, four in Chicago, three in Boston, and out that stretch there. Like, man, if they keep this stretch on the road the way they're playing, they might be out of it by the All Star break. You know, I don't think they will. I'm not saying that, but like, if they keep playing on the road this way, they will be. If this road record, this whatever their winning percentage, eleven twenty one is, they're going to be in trouble. So it's a big spot here. All right. Um, before we look at tonight's Wheeler Kershaw amazing game, uh, and we'll get more into this over the next few days. But the um, the substances, um, baseball finally handing down their um, edict, so to speak. Uh, players uh, yesterday with the memo to the teams, it is a, a ten game suspension for players who are caught using the substances um, with pay, which I thought was a weird aspect to that, and I'm guessing it has to do with them unilaterally making a decision without getting the Players uh, Association in on it. But this has turned into a, um, a mess in my mind. Um, and look, I've been all for the cracking down on substances, as you've heard me talk about. Anything you can do to get more balls in play, more action, all that, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, I think it's great. Um, but there was some outcry yesterday in Major League Baseball about reacting to this. And it came from everyone, from former players, from current players. Um, and, and look, I, again, I'm, I'm against it. There were some reasonable points, though. Um, you know, the idea of, of implementing this in the middle of the season, uh, of not giving players a chance to adjust and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, obviously, I think the most... The most um, uh, notable uh, player speaking out about this is Tyler Glass now, who uh, has a tear in his ulnar collateral ligament, uh, might need Tommy John surgery, one of the best pitchers in baseball in Tampa, and he is saying that he actually thinks he got hurt because of this. And, look, I don't know. I'm not in Tyler Glass now's body. I don't know what happened. It, that feels like a stretch to me, but um, maybe, I don't know, um, he says, I'm telling you, I believe that's why I got hurt. I'm frustrated they don't understand. Pitchers need to be able to have some control and grip on the ball. I don't want this to happen to anybody else, a fastball to slip away. 
Now, I, again, who knows if that's why you get hurt. It's possible. Like, if he's trying to grip the ball harder and he's pushing harder and whatever, that's certainly possible. Like, it's not, and now it might be in his head. It might not. But that is possible. I get it. But um, here's something that he says that, that does make sense, though. Um, and he talks about how some people use it for, for stuff. Some people use the really sticky stuff just for the, the spin rate, but that other people use it just for a better grip on the ball. And, and look, I don't, it's hard to legislate this, right? Um, but Glass now says, do it in the offseason. Give us a chance to adjust to it. But I just threw 80 innings. Then you tell me I can't use anything in the middle of the year. I have to change everything I've been doing the entire season. I'm telling you, I truly believe that's why I got hurt. Trevor Bauer, who's, of course, been talking about this for a while, has been outspoken about this, um, came out and said, while we're at it, MLB, please tell us how umpires who have never been trained to know what a quote-unquote sicky substance is or isn't are supposed to automatically inform that uniformly. What is the standard for what is quote-unquote sticky and not? Might want to clarify that, you know, for quote-unquote the competitive integrity of the game. It would be really unfair to have one crew think sticky is one thing and another crew to think it's another. Rules are supposed to be uniformly in- enforced, right? Almost like you should have used an off-season to define that. And that is a theme that we're seeing from most players. And, and it's hitters and pitchers alike. The idea of, of implementing this in the middle of the season is a mistake. And um, it look, I get it. Um, it fundamentally changing the way these guys go about their business and what they do. And now again, I'm you know it's, it is against the rules, but it is something that's been accepted. Um, it does feel like baseball is uh, just widening the gap between their players and themselves in terms of the union and um, the league. Um, Rob Manfred is not a popular commissioner with the players, very clearly, and. Um, it does seem like there's a lot of belief that this is being done as a, um, not for show, but for, um, you know, oh, we're doing something, look at Major League Baseball, we're cracking down, but actually not cracking down and not doing it the right way is what a lot of players think. So, again, it's also, you know, it's hard to be like, oh, well, you know, yeah, you're cheating, but that's okay. You know, it's a real flawed thing, right? Because we know it's cheating. We also know that that it's been allowed. And Major League Baseball has allowed it for years without doing anything about it. So now to come down, like, I get the frustration. I get where they're coming from. And look, if Glass not really did hurt himself because of this, you know, that's a, a real issue. And and if pitchers are unable to do what they need to do because, and again, there there does seem to be a, a difference between spider tack and using a little suntan lotion or something to get a, a grip on the ball. Maybe there is, and that's what Bauer's pointing out. It's like, hey, there's there's a big difference between like spider tack and and something else, and maybe that's a part of it. Maybe it's something where, you know, there it's not this overall edict to get rid of everything, and it's it's you know they said they could still use rosin, but maybe there is um, a middle ground where the right thing is. And again, I don't know. Um, I've been advocating for for wholesale get rid of it, so you know, but but this outcry did catch me, and I think it is interesting to hear some of these perspectives and certainly former ball players saying this ain't it this ain't the right way to go about it and and all the hitters too i've been surprised how many hitters have kind of come out and said oh this is not the way to do it <laughs> so this is going to be fascinating a fascinating thing to watch over the next few weeks and really the season and obviously the effect of it which we we talked about yesterday and we're already seeing but 
But the effect of this and and the players versus baseball and baseball kind of unilaterally enforcing something in the middle of a season and coming down hard with it, it's not the reaction I think that they expected from the players. And, and it has certainly become a major, major, major story within the sport and something that's going to have wide-ranging ramifications and effects. You know, this is going to be a massive story for the rest of the year, and it's going to be fascinating to see the impact it has on the sport, but also on the relations in the sport. And and um, we'll get more into it tomorrow. We'll continue to talk about it. It's something I'm, I'm thinking we're going to talk for a while about here. Um, so, But, you know, the glass now thing is interesting. We'll get more into that tomorrow as well. But it is um, this is going to be the story of the year, and it's really something to watch. And, and right now we're right in the thick of it. Um, and they are starting to enforce, by the way, on Monday, June 21st. So um, next week, even more. And we'll start to see suspensions if, if people get caught and all that. But it's going to be uh, fascinating. All right. Big, 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 big one tonight. Wheeler Kershaw. Zach Wheeler. Ace Wheeler. Phillies are calling upon you again, sir. It is your time to take the ball and get this team back into it because they need it. They need you desperately, pal. Uh, big one. Look, Wheeler Kershaw doesn't get much better than that as a baseball fan. And, uh, Phillies need it desperately. You got to take this. You have to take this one. They can't get swept here. So, like a must win game tonight in June. Who saw that coming? Uh, all right. Uh, either way, whatever happens, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So, until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24 7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.